and welcome to In the Odd at MSU, a behind-the-scenes look at the Michigan State University Department of Theater's productions and special project. I am your host, Bree Kubiak. And I am Abby Taikaki. MSU's Department of Theater strives to train future practitioners of the performing arts to challenge and redefine traditional theater as an artistic response to an ever-changing world. This podcast serves to amplify the work being done to fulfill that mission. Today, our guests are Head of Acting and Directing, Rob Rosnowski, along with students Nate Davis, a BFA acting major, and Jason Dernay, a dual degree candidate for a BFA in acting and a BA in management. Over the summer, Nate and Jason were also two of the 12 recipients of a microgrant from the College of Arts and Letters Dean's Arts Advisory Council. They're here today to discuss the grants and the work they created with that award. So obviously, due to COVID-19, the production of theatrical arts has significantly decreased. Broadway has closed doors until 2021, companies cannot rehearse, audiences cannot attend performances. Fortunately though, this has not stopped artists from creating content remotely and digitally. We as artists are aware of the severity of the virus and are doing what we can to stay safe, stay afloat, and keep creative. Because of this, the College of Arts and Letters, Dean's Arts Advisory Council created a micro-grant contest for those creating art inspired by COVID-19. Rob, could you elaborate a little bit on how this grant was created and what it is meant to do? Yeah, sure. So the Dean's Arts Advisory Council is the College of Arts and Letters, and we're a collection of practicing artists appointed by the Dean to uh, showcase arts in the College of Arts and Letters specifically. But once the, the pandemic hit, we decided we wanted to open this contest up to the entire university. And we got funding partners from lots of different people across the university, the College of Music, RCAH, a variety of of stakeholders in the arts decided to put money into these micro grants. And what we decided to do was offer um, a a variety of topics and and, um, mediums for students to create original work um, that that dealt with themes of isolation or dealt with uh, some of the issues that they were struggling or wrestling with during the pandemic. Um, so Divya, Dr. Divya Victor, who is really incredible, put this uh, put this program together and sought uh, admissions from throughout the university, undergraduate students specifically. We had about 40 admission uh, submissions, and then these 12 were selected. And it's a variety of uh, projects, everything from choreography to installation art to a braided essay to Native, Native American art and um, short films, a variety of things. And then of course we have Jason and Nate who created some things here for the Department of Theater. We have Jason and Nate here with us and they're hosts of the podcast, The Art of Adaptation. So could one of you talk a little bit about the inspiration behind creating your podcast? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Nate. And, you know, when the pandemic happened, I was, we were all towards the end of the 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 school year and I was getting ready to take an online podcasting class because I was starting to get sort of interested in branching out in my personal content creation and then later in the summer when they sent out the information about this micro grant contest me and Jason were talking about it and we thought we could probably make a podcast talking to all sorts of different artists and how they were affected in their own unique ways by this pandemic that's going on like Nate was saying um we have always been interested in people's passions, uh, what they do for their work, and how they ended up where they are. 
And this was just kind of an extension of that. I think I reached out to Nate first, suggesting he did it. And we came to a conclusion that together we'd, we'd both enjoy going into it together and take a little bit of that weight off each other's shoulders. But we wanted to hear from real people having real experiences. Nate, did that podcasting class come to fruition? Uh, yeah, it was interesting because um, obviously it was all online, but the way podcasts work, it wasn't affected too terribly. Like we, we weren't able to do as many group projects, but like I still did like a walk through my neighborhood recording the sounds and I was able to do my final project with interviews. And then I was able to use those skills that I learned editing and stuff from that class in this project that we ended up doing. Yeah. So that podcasting class was interesting because I think it sort of set me up to be able to do this podcasting remotely, because I feel like if I had taken a podcasting class before the pandemic, this might've been a harder transition. But I think the the fact that I was in the middle of of completing that podcasting class when these grants were announced, that definitely helped me, I guess, find uh, the courage or the inspiration to to uh, talk with Jason about maybe doing collabing on a on a podcast. So, what was your process, and did you have it all figured out? In you know, as part of the grant submission. I don't think we, even once we finished it, I don't think we had everything figured out. Um, Just by the nature of making something creative and working through something during the pandemic, it was never really cut and dry. This is what we want to do. But I remember getting an email from the College of Arts and Letters suggesting it. And I actually enlisted a good number of artistic ventures, everything, like some of the things that Rob mentioned earlier, from essays to Native American art to all sorts of pottery things and podcast wasn't listed. And I distinctly remember Nate and I talked a lot before about different podcasts and different things he was interested in doing. So I think I forwarded to him saying, you should do this. And I think his exact reply was, we should do this. And once we got the ball rolling, we sat down and we really came to a very narrow focus of what we wanted to study. It was, we wanted to hear about working artists and people related to the arts, how they were affected by the pandemic, how their career and their industry was affected by the pandemic, and the surprising moments of success, future endeavors, and how the world has changed because of it. And once we had that in mind, we wanted to open it up to this wide variety of different artists. So Nate and I are both BFA actors at the Department of Theater. So we also wanted to open up to all sorts of things, like we interviewed a graphic designer, an arts therapist, uh, such a wide variety of artists. We narrowed it down to, I think, a digestible 10 episodes. And from there, the process was basically try and find people who either we had a direct connection with that we wanted to have on the podcast, such as a uh, fellow MSU Department of Theater graduate, Camille Thomas, who is working in New York and has been doing great, amazing stuff that had a voice we wanted to hear. And in some cases, like I said, with the graphic designer, we didn't really know anybody. So we started doing research, finding people who might be interested in the things we're talking about. We ended up finding the wonderful Matt Pepler, who had some podcast interests of his own. So we knew he would be great to record with. We looked at his art and he seemed to have a wide variety of portfolio. 
he seemed to be very adapting to the very adaptable to the pandemic. He had a lot of information there on it. Same thing with Ali Ciardo, our photographer. She had a very in-depth categorization of how each aspect of her business was adapting to the pandemic. And we thought these people would be great to talk to because they've obviously thought about it a lot and they care about it. From there, we'd reach out to them, try and schedule an interview, uh, set up our impromptu recording spaces as much as we could, uh, do a lot of research into this person, things that they're interested in, some of the work that they've done, some of their policies, uh, a lot of things that they've changed recently, and just kind of let that interview go, try and make it as personable as possible. And then there's a whole back end where Nate would take the audio, edit it on Reaper editing software. I would do a transcription copy so that it could be accessible. And Nate worked on this great website, theartofadaptation.com, where there is all 10 episodes. There's links to all of the, um, everything from social media to help resources, depending on the artist episode, links to the transcripts, some information about the artists, some great pictures to go along with it as well. So it's a lot more um, information that you'd be able to find just on Anchor, which is where we originally posted the audio episodes. And then we tried to do a follow-up with everyone as well, saying, thank you so much. Uh, here's your episode. If you'd like us to post a headshot or a photo of you on your episode so they can identify it with something. And since then, we just kind of rounded out the corners. And it sounds like a lot of work now I'm saying it out loud, but it seemed very step-by-step process of a natural creation. I think that's great that you guys tried to make it as accessible as possible. And like starting a brand from the base can be like really difficult. What were some of the challenges that you came across, especially during these times? This, this might sound a little too simple, but a big challenge we had uh, towards, I guess the middle when we had like half the episodes recorded and edited was what we were going to call it. Um, I don't remember most of our early brainstorming sessions about what we were going to name the podcast project. Some of them were like, I think our Google drive that we shared is still called just COVID podcast. Um, and we ended up settling first on the art of adaption, which isn't a word. And, (laughs) and, uh, at the last minute, you know, change it to art of adaptation, uh, which I think illustrates, you know, exactly what it's about. It's broad enough that, you know, it's about art in general. And, you know, the cover art is a picture of a mask because there's a pandemic going on. And, um, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that we settled on that because that was sort of a, a big thing I was worried about at the beginning. That makes so much sense, though, because a sculptor doesn't say, you know what, I'm going to do a sculpture called The Thinker. You know, Rodan, <laughs> you know, right. you don't name your piece until it's done. A playwright doesn't decide on the name of their play before they write it. So since it's come out and since you have all these episodes, what moments or parts in your timeline are you most proud of? That's a hard question. Um, I I think something that I'm proud of is that it seemed like each episode we did, we felt like we got a little bit better with the process. Um, most podcasts that are ex- successful or in the in the general world right now have hundreds, if not thousands, of episodes, and we had to condense our first experience down to ten episodes. And we were learning each episode. This is a better way to edit. This is a better way to you know cut things down a little bit. This is a better way to interview people. We figured out 
each episode. And I was really proud of that um, progression. And I think this is an odd thing, but as Nate and I sat down towards the end of our creation process, we realized we created 10 full podcast episodes, created a whole website, had everything set up and done within about six to eight weeks, which is a really fast turnaround. And it just kind of sunk in like we did this. We created a whole project from nothing. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. Was there anything in particular you felt proud of, Nate? Um, I definitely agree with like the whole creation process. Like it's bizarre to me to look in my Google calendar and see how like close together everything happened, especially with how time has felt through this quarantine. And so I was definitely, uh, definitely proud at the end of just how, how quickly we learned and like how much we ended up getting done and I was also pretty proud of the website. I thought that turned out good. Not to talk about the website too much, but no, let's talk about I, that website. It looks really nice. It is theartofadaptation.com. Listeners, check it out. I I had some I I had some worries uh towards, you know, the deadline that we weren't going to be I wasn't going to be able to I was worried that I wouldn't be able to figure out how to get the RSS feed on the website. And so I thought about just uploading the files onto the website. I thought about linking just a Spotify player to the website, but you know, it, it all ended up working out and, and I'm pretty uh, proud of that. Do you have any advice for somebody that would be wanting to create content in this way or start their own podcast? Like, what would you say to somebody that was like, Hey, Nate, Jason, like, I'm, I really want to start a podcast. Like, I have this idea, like, what should I do? I would first say be okay with imperfection. It's never going to be perfect, especially when you're working with a one-time collaborator like we were with an interview. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know how experienced they are. You don't know what they're going to talk about. And we really had to come to be comfortable with the idea, especially since we had so little control of some aspects being apart from one another that we wanted to create a podcast and we did our best to do that. We want people to enjoy it. We want it to be high quality, but it's, there's things we can't control. We don't have thousands of dollars of recording equipment. We didn't have the chance to sit down and talk to them for hours. We didn't even necessarily have the opportunity to sit together and just brainstorm. We had to do all these virtual meetings and we learned as we went. And I think that's perfectly acceptable. If you want to create something like this, Nobody's going to judge you for starting out not being perfect. That's why you start out and do something. And it becomes hard when it's a published piece of art, but everybody starts somewhere. And I had so much fun learning with this and I still have so much more to learn. And I'm sure Nate, if you would love to talk about how much he wants to do podcasts in the future, he already has six or seven ideas in the tank ready to go and create new podcasts, but he had to do one thing at a time and you will probably be better off in those podcasts. And then the next one after that, he'll be a little bit more informed. And I think just if you want to create something, you should just start creating it. Nobody's going to judge you for not being perfect. That's yeah, that's definitely true. Just get, if you want to start making something, start making something and then continue to improve from your base starting point. You're not going to start out perfect. 
Um, another piece of advice I would say is don't be too afraid of reaching out to people. Um, I was very nervous originally, like our first guest was Kellen Uhl, and I felt incredibly intimidated because she's like a professional in like the real world with a real job. And, you know, I'm just a college student. But, you know, all of our guests were really nice and they were uh, they had great advice and they had great things to say. And, you know, I feel like if any of them had been mean and like shot back an email that was just like, no, like you're stupid. I don't think they, anyone would have done that, but like, just ignore that and, you know, reach out to people. And the worst that they can say is no. Can you talk a little bit about the, um, like the resources you use, the different softwares and tools and, uh, were all, were they all the things that you were taught in your class or did you discover anything new along the way? Oh yeah. Well, um, we started out with just recording our zoom meetings and then downloading that file, um, to edit in audacity because that Audacity is just the software that I've had since high school for, you know, basic, uh, you know, when I had to get a 32 bar cut for an audition or something. It's just I use Audacity because it's very simple. And we started out with that. And then towards the end of my podcasting class, uh, my professor gave me um, or like suggested to me that I use Reaper, which is another, uh, a little bit more robust, uh, audio editing software. And so I ended up using kind of a combination of audacity and Reaper because Reaper is more, you have more control, but it's harder to like learn. And if I was just starting to use it, so I wasn't really able to cut pieces with too much precision. So I would cut down, you know, the ums and the ahs of the podcast in Audacity. And then I would transfer that file to Reaper, where I would add in the, you know, music and and balancing and all that. Well, that's cool. And then you mentioned pulling the RSS feed in. How many different uh, places can people go to listen to your podcast other than your website? We uploaded it through Anchor, which is a podcast hosting service by Spotify. You can listen to it on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and um, you can also get the link to the RSS feed um, on our website. Since you've done this and you've had this experience, you guys are obviously going into your senior year here at MSU. How will this experience with this podcast impact your work as an artist? moving forward this year and for the rest of your life. Reaching out to people. I was so surprised at the enthusiastic response of being two college kids creating a podcast that these very competent and successful industry professionals, young professionals, these incredible artists were excited to talk to us and really being able to understand, like Nate said, if somebody reaches out and says no, that's okay. You can keep reaching out to people and understanding that I have something to offer as well. So even though it seemed like we were just asking all these people and we had nothing to offer, we were giving them a polished, produced, 
podcast episode that would be promoted. They have the opportunity to promote whatever they're working on or their businesses or their personal careers. And they have the opportunity to spread their own message. And that's something that a lot of people wanted to do, especially during this time. And I think being able to understand that it's okay to ask people and reach out to people and offer things to other people as well. I think there's a really good give and take that when I go into my professional artistic career, I am able to, you know, work with other people and feel comfortable asking for things and providing for things. I think that's something is recognizing our value. Yeah, I think especially during this time now is we don't have access to the normal resources or we have access to those resources in a different manner. So I can't just walk up to my professor in class and ask a question. You know, there, we have to utilize different resources now, do our own research a little bit more. And I think that any artist is going to be going through the, that right now during this time. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think this project helped me feel more comfortable using emails and and you know facebook and other online sort of mediums to reach out to people who maybe you've never talked to before and you maybe want to collaborate with and i think that's good i think going into my senior year that i'm i'm more comfortable doing that you guys have done an excellent job of providing a resource to let the world know what what's happening in the art world right now. Um, and we're so happy that you were able to get that grant to push that project forward. Will you do a follow-up to the art of adaptation maybe a year or so down the road to see how this pandemic has hopefully resolved itself or maybe not and how it continues to impact the artists that you interviewed? That's a really cool idea that I hadn't really considered before, but the concept of a year after, two years after follow-up, you know, how much is actually different since the first time we had this guest on the podcast? One of the questions we really like to ask was, how do you see this uh, pandemic and some of the changes permanently affect your industry or your career? And for some people, they didn't think very much. For other people, they thought there would be spinoffs. And I think it would be fascinating to go back and see what has changed. And we, like Nate said, we talked about doing a couple more episodes, but we thought it was great to have this self-contained package. This is the 10 episodes and it's defined and set. But I think having a little bit of retrospective would be great. The question then is, when is it okay to have the retrospective? Because as we've seen, it's always a sliding scale. We really don't know when it's going to end. So if we put it a year from now, will there be theater again? We really don't know. That's a sad thought. Yeah. Yeah. Art finds a way. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So you can find Nate and Jason's podcast at theartofadaptation.com. Thank you to our technical producer, Dan Trago, Dean Christopher Long, and the marketing director, Ryan Kilcoyne of the College of Arts and Letters, and the Department of Theater Chairperson, Stephen Benedetto for supporting this project. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect official entities of Michigan State University. This has been In the Odd, a Michigan State University College of Arts and Letters podcast. You can access every episode of In the Odd at theater.msu.edu forward slash odd. 
We'll be back soon with another behind the scenes look into what happens at 542 Auditorium Road in East Lansing, Michigan. Until then, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay six feet apart, and go green. Go, go white. white. <laughs>